Welcome back to Real Faith Conversations, where we try to talk about life, culture, and faith in the most genuine way possible. My name is Ryan Morris, and we are here with Rachel Bowman once again. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? Great. I saw you got a you got a new shirt there. I do. It's not a new <laughs> shirt, but it, it came back from China. So I, I, I got my stuff back from China, finally. Mm. So uh, right before the pandemic hit, uh, I came back from China, left my stuff in China. That's a good idea. And I got it back exactly a year from when I left China. So, so, you, so you've been living with like, like three shirts and... Basically. Yeah, basically. <laughs> I've, been try, I've been living a humble lifestyle That's for fair. a year. That's I actually liked it. It was, it was great. But now I have my full wardrobe, so you'll be seeing more variety of shirts going forward. Yeah, so you got the, you got the new wardrobe, you got the, the bald. You're I, ready to go. I, I'm good, yeah. And I'm <laughs> trying to grow the beard out. It'd be a cool look. Yeah. It'd be a cool look. Yeah. I feel like a UFC fighter. <laughs> Conor McGregor or something. Well, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> moving on. <laughs> so today we got a good episode for everyone out there. We're going to be talking about families and open adoption, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and really, I I really didn't know the difference between you know regular adoption, open adoption, closed adoption closed is another adoption, yeah. option. Can you explain that a little bit? Yeah. So from my knowledge of it, uh, open adoption is the biological mom biological family um is open to keep a line of communication even after their child has been put up for adoption and this includes with the child this includes with the adoptive family just keeping it's basically like that open line of communication we still would love for them to know who we are and and vice versa all of that closed adoption is more how do i say it it's more like that line of communication is kind of closed off, whether it's a distance thing, especially when, you know, a child is being adopted from a whole different country. Um, It could be just a personal choice that the biological mom or parents had just, I want my kid to just grow up in this family and not know who I am. And I'm going to keep living my life and and do what I need to do. And there's not, there's nothing wrong with that um, either. It's, it's a, choice that has to happen beforehand but I think coming out of either you know it's still adoption and it's still you know giving a child uh, a home and a good place to grow up hopefully and be but I feel like that though that's the main difference between the open adoption and the closed adoption it's the that open line of communication back and forth as the child continues to grow up mm-hmm yeah, that's good. I like topics like this because, for the most part, adoption is a very joyful thing, right? And generally, generally speaking, now there's some hardships that come with that. And we can talk about that in this podcast, but it's a very joyful thing to know that a child can be placed in good hands, right? right? Generally, mm-hmm. um, and I was looking up, you know, some facts for for this show, as we always try to do, just some quick facts to throw out there, just to get people thinking, and about five million people in the United States are adopted. Yeah. That, that's that's pretty cool, right? Out of 300 million people, 500 million are adopted. Um, 2.5% of children under 18 are adopted. It's a pretty mm. good number. Yeah. Um, but, you know, there's also the statistics that show how many people were not adopted and waiting to be adopted, right? I think in 2019, 
upwards of 120,000 plus people. Yeah. Were uh, or children, I should say, not people. Children were waiting to be adopted in the United States. So there's that figure too that's kind of the downer of this conversation. But for the most part, it's it's very a joyful thing to know that a family, if they have the means, can take care of a child in need. Right. And um, I'm adopted, so we'll put that out there. Um, and for my situation, my mom was very young. She was 14 when she was pregnant with me and 15 when I was born. So, you know, that's a child. Wow. And a child trying to raise a child is... It's a really difficult thing to do, especially if you don't have the right support system. And not saying that she didn't, but she was able to make a very grown-up decision at 15 to, you know, go through with the whole pregnancy first and then put me up for adoption. And while, you know, you'll get some people who are like, well, yeah, you know, she's, she's a child. She shouldn't be taking care of a child. It's still, you carry a baby for nine months. You have that baby, you hold that baby, and that baby's yours. And then you give her away or give him away and, you know, to a different family. And and that's where some of that hardship comes from on the biological side, I feel mm. like, at points. Um, but, yeah, both, both my sister and I were adopted. Um, and I can honestly say that without it, I wouldn't be at all the person that I am today. Um, and that includes music, that includes my fashion sense, that includes everything I am um, is this way because of what happened 20 years ago. I was adopted from birth, so my mom had already been reaching out to um, different families and seeing who would be the best fit, and then you know she met the Bowmans. And, that that was the family that she ended up choosing and she couldn't have done a better job. So. Wow. That takes a lot of courage for your mom, right? Yeah. Your biological mom to, to do that. Because like you said, there is a sort of an attachment thing there, right? Mm -hmm. To say like you carried this child for nine months and you're doing the what's best, right? In, in, that, in your perspective for right. the child. Yeah. It's wow. important. It's important that, it's important to note the fact that there was that amount of strength uh, coming from her side and you know the strength of my parents who had been trying to you know naturally have a baby for years and it just was not working the way they were hoping it would mm -hmm. and then realizing that you know they wanted to adopt anyway and you know that's when I came into their life and made them parents for the first time so it's definitely the amount of courage from both sides and the amount of strength from both sides and the love from both sides as well um, is definitely, like, I, I feel like that has to be noted, um, mm -hmm. not even including me into the equation yet. Yeah. And so you had, from my understanding, an open adoption, right? I did. Where we, you already described it in the beginning of the podcast, where you have a relationship with your biological mother still, right? Yeah. I, I met her for the first time when I was about 13, 14 years old. Um, and then from there, I would, we would try to see her maybe once a year if, if we could. Um, with COVID and all of that being a thing now, uh, it, it makes it a little bit difficult, obviously. But, you know, we follow each other on social media and, you know, we'll talk here and there. She would write letters when I was really young. So it was the fact that she was still, you know, reaching out. My mom was always sending her pictures of me growing up. So she kind of got to watch my progression growing up as well, which I think is really cool. Um, 
but at the same time, you know, how we're talking about, you know, some of the hardships that come with adoption, again, not even thinking about me, but, you know, on her side, as I'm growing up and, you know, in a different family, her having this fear of, oh, well, does, does my daughter hate me? Is she going to hate me? Is she going to grow up to have resentment towards me because I wasn't able to raise her the way I wanted to at that point? And I think that's a very real thing that people worry about. Like, will they hate me at one point? Yeah. And I can say from from my side, I never could have any hate for her because of the fact of where I ended up and the opportunities I was given and the loving and caring family that I was put in. It wasn't like anything was taken away from me. So how could I hate you? Mm. You know, Um, but in other cases, it, it might be different. But it is one of those struggles that it's kind of like you don't know. And so it's something that can definitely like bother you as you continue you know, to live your own life, even if your child is with a different family. But yeah. I would say that's probably one of the struggles from, from the other side, not even not from the kid who's adopted. There's different things that go into that. Yeah. Yeah, I think we can get into some of those, those things that the, maybe the child goes through. But do you think, would you say that adoption was the best possible scenario for you i think from where i stand now yes and only because like like i mentioned before just the opportunities that i was able to be given and then go after and you know my parents always supporting my music and supporting where i want to go in life and not saying that i wouldn't have that same support in you know my biological family but even, you know, geographically and looking at, um, like financially, like would I, would, would I, would I have been able to do the things I'm doing now if I was still with my biological family, they live in a different state. Mm -hmm. So I wouldn't be part of this church. I wouldn't be here sitting with you doing this. I wouldn't know father Fitzpatrick. I wouldn't be going to the college I'm going to and meet the friends that I'm meeting. So there definitely could have been a whole different life that I could have lived. That could have been very different. Not bad, but different. But where I am now, it's a blessing to have been able to be part of all of this here. So I think to a point, yeah, it was it was the best possible option and place for me to be. And, you know, God does things for a reason. I was supposed to be here. I was supposed to be adopted into this family to be able to do things like this. Um, so I look at it as a blessing, most definitely. Yeah, that's such a powerful insight to know that you're comfortable in who you are right now and the circumstances. Because a lot of times, especially with fiction today, we always think about alternative timelines. And I'm mm. sure maybe that pops up sometimes of, yeah. you know, what if, what if this didn't happen? And I'm glad that you're comfortable in your own skin to talk about this on a podcast and share your experience because it is it's, it's worthwhile diving into and since this is a, a show where we try to be genuine and real of course we have to talk about the not so good sides right so right. have you ever felt there were any difficulties uh, growing up with this I think as most people know like as you're going into your teenage years you're kind of going through this whole portion and then onward of who am I who where do I come from what what do I mean in this in my own existence like wh who am I 
at the end of the day is who am I? And when you're adopted, it can be kind of difficult to figure that out to a point because you know who you are, where you are. But when you're looking at, you know, culture and heritage and, you know, um, what's the word, like traditions and all of that, definitely it would, it would be different if I was with my biological family and for probably other kids too, it would be just a different world and different things would be part of just your, your growing up. Um, I think another one was kind of in school at points where kids didn't really know how to ask about things. So they were afraid of hurting my feelings or coming across as mean um, when they had questions about adoption and what it meant. And some, I remember some common things I would get like, oh, are they your step parents? Do you call them by their real name? Um, and it was like, no, mm. they're mom and dad. A big one that actually I, I definitely wanted to mention here was, um, oh, but what about your real parents, your real mom? And it's like, no, no, no. My parents who adopted me are my real parents. They raised me. They were there when I was just a teeny tiny little guy. And, you know, now where I'm 20 going on whatever and continuing to grow up. So they are my, my real parents. Um, so it's some, uh, what's it, like the terms where it's like, oh, biological versus real is an important thing to try to remember. Hmm. But I think... Because some people do use those terms interchangeably, right? Yeah, yeah. Without even thinking about it, right? Mm -hmm. I'm sure those people that said that didn't mean any harm towards you, right? No. It's just like they weren't thinking, right, about the repercussions of that, right? Yeah, and like I said, like I never took it as, you know, someone's trying to hurt my feelings or anything. It was more just the fact that they didn't know much about it because... They are biologically attached to their parents. So the idea of coming from a different family, the first thought is usually, oh, step parents or foster parents and stuff like that, which makes sense. And I could never be upset at somebody for asking me those questions. It was just a matter of kind of like correcting them in a, in a way that was more on the educational side and less yeah. of me kind of coming back at them. But even that I wouldn't even consider much of a struggle. I think I would consider it more of like me being able to tell my story and feel confident about where I'm coming from and where I am now. Um, then it was always cool to hear like, Oh, that's kind of cool. Like, yeah, it kind of is, you know, it is cool. Yeah. I mean, going about, cause you, you actually touched on this, right? The cultural differences, right. Or mm. the traditions that may come based on racial background or other backgrounds. Now, you, I mean, like you said before the podcast, we were just talking, like some people didn't even realize you were adopted because your mother, you said, was Italian, is Italian. Yeah. So, you know, in the summertime she tans up, you know, and you guys have similar hair. Mm -hmm. And so some people don't even realize that, um, from a cultural perspective, what is that like to have, you know, your biological background, but then you're raised in sort of another household? I think to a point, because I was raised in in the household I'm in now from birth, um, it wasn't like I had to switch a mindset of, oh, this is who I was before and this Mm. is who I am now. It's more, this is who I am just in general. But there definitely were questions that I had about things that weren't able to be answered by my my adoptive parents, um, my parents. And 
especially growing up where it was like in school you would have these oh talk about you know the culture and traditions in your family and what do you guys do and I'm you know my mom's Honduran and so they definitely have their own traditions that they do they speak Spanish that's one of their languages um, and it's not something that I know I cannot speak Spanish I would love to be able to uh, but like my, I have a half sister and she was raised with Spanish in her vocabulary as well. So she can speak two languages. So it was usually just like questions I personally had, like, you know, what do you guys do around Christmas? Like, what is, what is a a tradition that the whole family gets together and, and does that might not be in, in, um, like the normal American kind of Mm. culture traditions. So I definitely had questions and I definitely had, you know, these, these thoughts of, well, I wonder what it would be like if I was still there, like, where would I be at that point? But culturally, I think it definitely at points was something that I was kind of going back and forth myself about. But like I said, not to a point where I was like, oh, I was this person before and now I'm here. I was always me. But was there something missing was a question I had sometimes. Hmm. And was there, or did you ever figure out what that thought was coming from? I think, I think a lot of it was coming from just being young and being curious and really starting to grasp the idea of adoption and what that meant. I I did grow up knowing that I was adopted. I was going to ask. Yeah. Yeah. So my, my whole life I was told, like, you are, you are adopted. And obviously not in, a, not in a menacing way or anything, but it was just, like, making sure I understood. So I wasn't kept in the dark until a certain age. And so I knew. I knew I, I came from somewhere else. But I think a lot of it was just going through that phase of who am I and realizing that there's a whole other side of family that I don't know anything about. And I don't know anybody I know my biological mom and I was able to meet my grandmother in the last like year and a half or so, which was awesome. Um, But even then, it's like there were still people in my biological family who didn't know I existed. Mm. So I think a lot of it was just curiosity of understanding the fact that there was this whole other side that I knew nothing about and wanted to learn about. And now as I'm getting older, instead of looking at it in a negative light, like I won't ever be able to, it's more like I'm getting more and more opportunities to further my knowledge in in that, which is really cool. And I really appreciate my, you know, my mom and dad for being understanding with the fact that I do have questions and never taking it personally when I would ask about my biological family. Um, which was really important for me to be able to have that communication with them as well. That's so cool. Yeah, it's so good to hear some of these stories. And I'm sure there's people out there listening that are adopted and maybe you're thinking the same way. Mm -hmm. Um, What is your message for some of those folks out there that may be in a phase where they're still wondering or trying to get a grasp on this whole adoption thing that maybe they are adopted or maybe, you know, parents are considering adopting a child Mm. what what's sort of the message there that's kind of two-part i realize i threw a huge thing at you let's let's break it down in the first part yeah it (laughs) it can be a paper yeah let's take it from the first part where how about adopted child is is struggling maybe or maybe they're coming to terms with what this means what is your message for them 
I do have to be careful about like what the message might be because people are in all different types of situations for me personally and anyone else who might be in the same kind of phase you know at that point especially when it comes to like and and being in like the open adoption kind of like relationship between both families don't be afraid to ask questions and really understand that like yes there are two sides but it doesn't mean that you were pulled away from one and forced to live another you know it's the idea is adoption is important when a mother or a family can't take care of this child the way that they want to and they're looking for another family who can that's a beautiful thing and to appreciate that as well and you know to look at your your mom and dad as people who are always going to be there to support you and want to see you do your best but also understand that they as you do both know that there is those questions that are kind of always going to be in the back of your head and I think being able to keep that open line of communication between you and them is equally as important as you know having a line of communication to your biological family and I think that's really all I can say from that sense because like I said I don't know everybody's situation and I don't want to assume that you know everyone is in a good and happy place with the idea of adoption there definitely Mm -hmm. can be people who resent their their uh, biological family and people have their reasons but for me personally it was growing up and understanding that I am adopted and there is more to me than some other people um, when it comes to the different families and all of that but that doesn't make me any less of my parents child I'm still their child even though it's not by blood and I am loved and supported and that's what's important and that's what I, I choose to focus on rather than what could have been that's amazing and then on the other part for maybe couples or families thinking about considering adoption what's your message for them well you were you said in the beginning one of the statistics of you know how many kids are are waiting for a family especially in like the foster care system where you see a lot of like negative things coming from that and and kids really having a difficult time you see kids getting to a certain age and that's when parents don't want to adopt anymore they don't want to adopt kids who are older and yeah. and I see that a lot and it's sad and I think for couples and families who are considering adoption or are having trouble with you know fertility and whatever else like that it is definitely something to to look into because you can't look at it as, you know, well, this, this child isn't from me. That, that's not the important part. The important part is how you raise them and how you love them and how you move forward from that. Anyone for the most part can have a child, but it's, can anybody be a parent? Mm. And if you're really truly wanting to be a parent, you could open up your home to a child who really needs parents and needs that love and support that they're just not getting, you know? And especially like with my situation, my mom being, you know, very young, it was important that she had people like my mom 
and dad, Sharon and Ian, <laughs> there to Sharon and Ian Bowman. Yeah, shout, shout out, out to them. Shout out mom and dad. <laughs> but it was it was important that she saw them as an opportunity to be able to continue to live her life and know that I'm in a good spot. And I am, and I continue to be because of that decision. So research about it, talk to other people who may have already adopted, watch YouTube videos about families who have, who brought in other kids. Um, cause it's, it's a beautiful thing seeing, seeing families together and seeing kids get the opportunity to be in a loving family. And like I said, for me, it, it was the best scenario I could have that could have been chosen for me and my well-being and that's still your kid you know yeah you're gonna be the center of their world for a long time and it's it's no different i feel to a point than you know having your own your own kids naturally yeah and i i love that insight you made there the difference between having a child and being a parent Mm -hmm. right anyone can have a child but it's a tall order to be a parent. I think a lot of time in our generation, people are afraid of that term, that word, parent, parenthood. Yeah. Um, it's scary because it is a sacrifice. You have a lot of things on you, a lot of pressure, right? Because you don't want to mess it up. And a lot of people I talk to nowadays say, man, why would I ever want to bring a child into this world? Mm, I well, hear what about too. Yeah. Well, what about in this case? The child is already in the world. Think about that. The child is already in the world mm. and it need, they need a parent. Not it. Sorry. <laughs> the child needs a parent. Yeah. Um, and a lot of times two parents. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like you had uh, Sharon and Ian. Shout out. Shout out number two. <laughs> um, you know, it, we can talk for hours about the importance of having great parents in our society. And that's part of the reason you you said Go out, do your research. Part of it is having that dialogue from mentors, Mm. showing people why it's important to be a great parent, having spotlights on parents like Ian and (laughs) Sharon. (laughs) We keep talking about them. I hope they watch this. But like shining the light on them and saying, wow, these people are great examples. Let's lift them up in our society as great examples of parents. You know? Yeah. Because we need it. We need it more. Than ever, I think, is is some great parents that can sacrifice. Because that's really what it is. It, parenting, it has its glory, but it's really a sacrifice. Think about all the times they probably had to change your diaper, get up in the middle of the night. Yep. It's a sacrifice. And, you know, it's it's one worth taking, in my opinion. Yeah. And it's also, it's a for life thing. It's not a, oh, I guess I'll get through these next 18 years and then I can do it. You know, you're a parent forever once you're a parent you are a parent and it's about how you how you decide to go about that that and your actions that really speak louder than than words which is you know cliche but it's true um and you know i know i I definitely gave my parents a lot of trouble growing up whether it was i'm sure you did yeah thank you (laughs) (laughs) um whether it was just like me struggling in school and not really seeing the issue with that. I definitely had moments and this is something that they actually, you know, told me they you have to go to classes and stuff um when you are looking to adopt. And one of the things they said in the classes is, you know, when they get to this preteen kind of age, 
Like, you're probably going to hear, oh, you're not my real parents. You'll probably hear that at some point. And they did from both my sister and I. There were Mm -hmm. definitely times where out of anger, it was, I wish I lived with my biological mom. I wish I wasn't here. And while it was out of anger and they knew that we didn't really mean that, still stings because, you know, they see themselves as our parents and they are our parents. So when their Mm -hmm. child is saying, well, you're not really my mom, you're not really my dad, it hurts. And so, of course, there's going to be hardships. Of course, there's going to be extra things, especially with an adoption where it can get a little bit difficult to have that, you know, relationship with your child as they're getting to these preteen, more rebellious age. And there's this additional thing of adoption attached to it. How do you deal with it? How do you, you know, continue to to remind yourself like no i i am a good parent and this is my child and right now they're just you know upset with me Mm. and and seeing the difference between that and oh i must be the worst i must be because you're not things are always going to be said out of anger um but for something like adoption it, it can definitely sting a little bit more when it's that reminder of well i didn't come from you yeah and it goes both ways right yeah, you, that's basically what you're trying to say here, right? Mm-hmm. It, it can hurt the child, but it can also hurt the parents who made this sacrifice and want that welcome the child into their home, right? And teens are difficult in every circumstance, oh, yeah. so <laughs> I'm sure it adds another layer to it when there's adopted teen, right? Yeah. Wow. And then I wanted to also talk about the faith component, right? Because mm. you were adopted and now you're in this loving Catholic family, right? What is that like when you're kind of growing up? For me, one thing that comes to mind is the old saying, we're all children of God, right? right. And um, that kind of, I, I don't know, my, I'm just going to say this. Does it resonate more, that line, with an adopted, adopted child? I think to a point, yeah, because it's keeping in mind the fact that, you know, everything happens for a reason. God works in mysterious ways. And... For me, I could have been in in, an entirely different situation for a long time. And I, you know, am blessed enough to be here and be part of this. Um, I, I really, truly believe that my love for music and all of that stemmed from my mom and her singing to me when I was younger. And I, I was, I would specifically ask for her to sing with me even before I could really speak. And I think that's where a lot of that came from. And music is such a big part of who I am now and a big part of like what I want to do when I'm older. I mean, I'm going to school for it, you know? So it was something that I I needed to have those experiences first to be able to get to where I am now. So looking at like, you know, being a child of God and being able to further that understanding in a religious family where we come to church and, you know, all of those things connected and, you know, going to Catholic school and stuff like that. It's, it was definitely, that was in the plan for me. And that was in the plan for my parents and, Mm. and them becoming parents for the first time. Um, and now we're a family of six. There's four kids, four of us. And, you know, two of us are adopted and, and two are biologically from my parents, my little brothers. And it's funny to think about because their original plan was to, you know, have two kids and then adopt two kids. Wow. And 
it flipped, but... They adopt the kids first. Oh, hit the mic. <laughs> they adopted the kids first, and then... And then had were... two kids blessed with two kids after yeah that's so, an amazing story in itself we could talk about we could talk that about that for 40 minutes you yeah know? and and that's that's definitely like the like god works in mysterious ways is very apparent i think in our family and in in most adoption cases i feel to a point it's like there was a reason that the adoption needed to happen in a, in the first place and now you know seeing that progression of from from a young kid or a baby to being an adult you you start to kind of see the importance of why some of those things needed to happen even if as a, a younger teenager or whatever you had moments where you were like is this really what i was supposed where i was supposed to be was i supposed to end up here i think to a point yeah wow yeah, that's awesome. I mean, right before this podcast, you mentioned about your schooling, and I had some trouble with the audio, and you fixed it. <laughs> wow, what a what a uh, great gift we have here, <laughs> Rachel Bowman being the uh, fixer of audio things. The tech, the tech <laughs> guy. <laughs> but we joke about that, but that's so true. I mean, think about all the things in your life that are directly from this experience, right? Mm. Your whole lifeline really is has stemmed from this and your whole direction, your interest in music, sound, audio stuff. Um, it definitely led you to this podcast and helping out produce the show and everything. Right. But think about all the other things that have touched people's lives. I mean, just the fact that we hear your voice on Sundays mm. or on Saturday nights singing, that's amazing, right? Like that ministry of music provides you know that spiritual moment for people right yeah. where it adds to the experience of the liturgy um and that that's something you just can't replace i mean you and i both know it's it's hard to find great people to serve in ministry especially music ministry right and you found yourself here for 10 years right i'll i'll say that now 10 years <laughs> serving in the music ministry at st peter and all of that was mostly because you were in a loving household and you have no regrets, it seems. No, and I and I can't, you know, because another way I remember, I remember at one point I, I thought about it in a different way. Like my biological mom was so young, right? Like she was 14 when she was pregnant. There very much could have been a point in time where I could have just simply not existed mm -hmm. at all without adoption even being an option. I could have just not been here, you know? And to a point, I don't think I could have blamed her for that because of how young she was, you know, about to go into freshman year of high school. Like, this is a time where you should be you know, making friends, figuring out how you're going to get from class to class, learning how to use a locker, not worrying about a pregnancy, let alone yeah. raising a child. Buying diapers and food. It's expensive. And again, like if you don't have the right support system, how are you supposed to do that? Mm. And so there were definitely moments where I was just like, I really could have just 
been been an issue in someone's mind and then terminated because it would have been too much. Yeah. But she had the strength and the courage to go through with the pregnancy and not only do that, but realize that adoption was the best chance for me to have a good and well-rounded life. And so through that, she was also able to bless my parents, Sharon and Ian, with their first child and, and give them the gift of being parents. And all of that connected is like, it's a beautiful and crazy thing to think about sometimes. Because think about all the people I never would have met and all the people who never would have known who I was. Mm. And and that's that's always like a thought I have at points where I'm just like, I really am blessed to have both the family that I'm with now and, you know, my biological family who was strong enough to understand what needed to happen um. um, for my for my well-being and for me to be in the best place possible. And they did that. Yeah. And and so it really is a blessing to be here today and talking about this, sitting here with you um, each week and figuring out what we're doing next. Like it's it's a big thing, and you know I I feel like I can't thank people enough for that. Yeah, and to not go off topic into other issues, but you know the pro life movement that is a great example of that, right? Where people often see it as the Catholic Church is saying no without anything else to back it up. And mm. as we know, we can't say no without an even greater yes. And I think the yes is supporting women and children after birth. We're yeah. not just a pro-birth organization or a pro-birth religion. Mm. We're pro-life at every stage. Right. And I think that is a testament to that, where you know, your mom got the support, it seems, that she was seeking i mean oh my gosh 15 you said 15 when i was born yeah wow wow i i when you said that it didn't sink in until i heard you say going into high school right that's when it really hit me that she was that young she was finishing like eighth grade oh my gosh it's it's when you really think about it it's you kind of you can put it into perspective a little bit more of like what like, I, I wonder what she was thinking, you know, at 14. Did you ever ask her? I didn't. And it's something that I, I should just yeah. because, like, I don't even know. I don't know what I would do now at 20 if something like that happened, let alone a child, <laughs> essentially. Yeah. So that's why I keep bringing up the fact that, like, that amount of courage, you know, deserves that recognition because you know how we were talking about you know becoming attached and having that attachment especially between like a mother and her child you know you have that motherly instinct right away and having to kind of see me be taken somewhere else and knowing that I'm going to be raised somewhere else and she doesn't really get to see that firsthand it takes a lot to still go through with that and still be like you know what? Yes, this is the best for her. And she did it in a very selfless way. Yeah. And my parents have always been open to adoption. There's been multiple, like, multiple times where they've, you know, been very clear. Like, if there's a child in need who needs a family, we are that. And we will do that. That's awesome. There is no limit. 
And so it's, it's the selflessness from both sides where I feel like I definitely had a good mindset on adoption in a whole, especially for my situation because of that. And because there, it wasn't in a selfish way and it was, you know, to make sure that I was, I was getting the best life I possibly could, even Mm. if she couldn't be there. That's awesome. Yeah. You, you have a family of superheroes Mm. on all ends, your mom, your biological mom who was dealing with that at that age and chose life for you Mm. in the best way possible. That is a superhero move and should be legendary. Go in the books as legendary. (laughs) I hope she watches this. I don't know hopefully hopefully she sees this maybe you'll send it to her yeah because she is a superhero for doing that and then your parents who raised you they are also superheroes for doing that as well most definitely and you're a superhero for talking about this i really (laughs) this is a great conversation i really appreciate this and i hope others see this message and say hey you know either maybe you're looking to adopt maybe you're trying hard to have children maybe you're struggling this is an option. And for those who are adopted, you know, think about, reflect on your life. Why did this happen? What mm-hmm. can you be doing with it? Think about all the scenarios that happened in your life, all the chances. Like, what are the odds that this happened? Right. Right? Not only for your circumstance, but this is just one example. Think about it multiplied in the millions, all the circumstances that lead up to this. It's just amazing to think about. It really is. So thank you so much, Rachel, for talking about this, uh, going a little bit in depth, a little edgy, right? I mean, this is tough stuff to talk about, but this is one of those lighthearted episodes where we get to showcase the beauty of life Mm. and faith and culture, and uh, this was great. And for anyone wanting to come on the show, how can they do it? They can email media at stpeterchurch.net. That is media at stpeterchurch.net. We'll put that in the description. And you can come on and talk about any topic you want and uh, have a conversation with us. So be real. Be authentic. Let's go. Thank you.